Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to uh, Bible on the Beach. Now, today we're going to be in Acts chapter 5, uh, verses 17 through 43. Now, Bible on the Beach is, is for disciples to make disciples and for churches to plant churches. Everything that God does for us in our life, we should multiply, including the people that we influence to follow God and then these churches, wherever God wants them to be all over the world. So that's what this is about. Uh, and I hope that if you like uh, this, you'll mention it to someone that they can subscribe and also get some teaching every day in their life that'll be encouraging and useful as they try to stay close to God, be led by the Holy Spirit every day. That's what this is about. So today we're going to be in Acts chapter 5, uh, verse 17. It says that the high priest and his officials who formed the party of the Sadducees became extremely jealous over all that was happening. Now, last time in Bible on the Beach, we saw that uh, the people and uh, they wouldn't mess with the disciples. In fact, there was like an awe, there was like a like a reverence and a fear. Well, every time you have one group of people that loves you and respects you, you'll have another group of people <laughs> that is uh, that will criticize you uh, and oppose you. That's just how life is. Get used to it. So, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> it says here that they were jealous. Of what was happening. Now, what was happening? Well, at the root of most jealousy is a loss of power uh, and a loss of influence. It's exactly what's happening here. So up until the time Jesus came along and all of his followers, uh, the Sadducees had the notoriety uh, and, the, and the fame uh, and, and the influence. And then it waned uh, and it went uh, in Jesus's and the disciples' direction. Uh, they had all the favor of the people. So they were very jealous about this. And not only will criticism be something that you'll have to learn to navigate in your life in a kind and loving way, but also uh, people that are jealous of you. Uh, well, you have people jealous of you if your life, if, if you try to love and serve God. Absolutely. You just have to get used to it. Jesus said, uh, if, if, let a man count the cost if he wants to be my disciple. What is Jesus saying there? Well, there's things that truly following God will cost you. Uh, and... It'll cost you some people that don't like it, plain and simple. Now, in verse 18, it says, So they had the apostles arrested, placed in chains, and thrown into jail. Now, when people oppose you and they criticize you, they will use the, 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 the tools at their dispense to stick it to you. Now, in this case, they had political and legal leverage, which is exactly what they used against them. And they did this by arresting them and then putting them uh, into jail. But God had a plan, as we're about to find out. Every time you face criticism, every time you face opposition, every time it looks like things are happening that you don't understand, God always has a plan. And so you learn uh, to trust in God. You learn to relax. You learn to say, I don't know how this chapter is playing out, but I know God's got it, and I'm going to trust him for the results, even though I don't understand right now. So look at verse 19. It says, But during the night the Lord sent an angel who appeared before them. He supernaturally opened their prison doors and brought the apostles outside. So <laughs> this whole thing was a setup for God to do a miracle that would leave everybody speechless and point to God's power and his might and his awesomeness. You see, sometimes if you find yourself in a predicament or a problem 
it's because God is wanting to set up a miraculous deliverance just like he did here. How many times in my life have I had my back against the wall, not knowing what to do, and bam, God made a way where no one could make a way. That is the life that you want to live. So every time the devil thinks he has you pinned, God slips you out of that move, turns it around, and you pin him every time. It's fun. So he supernaturally opened the prison's doors, brought the apostles outside. Go, the angel told them, stand in the temple courts and preach the words that bring life. So what started as a problem turned into an opportunity. What started as a setback turned into a set up for God to do something awesome in them and through them. Now he gave them an opportunity to preach where no one had an op- had been able to preach yet. So early that morning, they, emperor, they entered the temple courts and taught the people, the high priests and his officials, unaware of their supernatural release from prison, convened the members of the Supreme Council. They sent for the apostles to be brought to them from prison. But when the officers came to the prison cell, it was empty. They returned to the council and informed them we found the jail securely locked and the guards standing by their cell. But when we opened the door, there was no one inside. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed at a loss of what to make of it. Someone came and informed them the men you put in prison are out there standing in the temple courts teaching the people. So the captain of the temple guard and his officers went to arrest them once again, but without using force, for they were afraid the people would stone them. (laughs) Man, the crowd. The crowd is so fickle. They're so fickle. When they brought them before the council, now what's interesting to me is that the same crowd that was sitting there listening to Peter and Paul preach the gospel about Jesus was the same crowd that they were afraid was going to murder them with bricks and stones. That's actually super funny, right? I mean, if I was them, I'd be praying, put the stones down and listen to the guy speaking. Maybe he'll change your heart and we won't have to be afraid of you. Um, But he says here, didn't we strictly warn you that you were never again to teach in his name, but instead you've now filled all of Jerusalem with this doctrine and are committed to holding us responsible for this man's death? Peter and the apostles replied, we must listen to to and obey God more than pleasing religious leaders. Well, this will never change. Um, I would like to say that loving God and serving God would always keep you in the favor of religious leaders, but that's simply not true. Why is that? Well, because there's so many different versions of religious leaders. For every one religious leader that, that you'll find that likes the way that your version... You know, our vision is Jesus, but we all have a little different version. I mean, here I am, I'm at the beach. I like my version. I like the beach, I like coffee shops, I like surfing, I like motorcycles, I like helping people get water, I like disciple making, I like church planting. That's my version. I am unapologetic about it. Just like if you follow Jesus and you're led of the Holy Spirit, you should never apologize. Don't ever apologize. Live for an audience of one. I've said this before, success for the believer is praying to God, what am I supposed to do with my life, and going and doing it, and blocking everybody out, apologizing to no one, and living a faithful life to what God has asked you to do. That's what success is. So if the most important thing you can do in your life is, God, what do you want me to do, and go do it. That's it. That's success if you're a believer in Jesus. 
That's why Peter said, we must listen to and obey God rather than pleasing religious leaders. It's the most important thing you can do in your life is to prepare to go do God's purpose and his plan for your life. That's where, that's where your sweet spot will be. He said in verse 30, you had Jesus erected and killed by crucifixion, but the God of our forefathers has raised him up. He's the one God has exalted and seated at his right hand as our savior and champion. He is the provider of grace, is the redeemer of Israel. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God freely gives to all who believe in him. You know, God will give you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You just have to ask for it. You just have to ask for it. You might even ask right now, God, fill, I do this every day. God, fill me up. God, help me to see what you see. God, give me your thoughts. God, give me your grace. God, give me your mercy. God, give me your power. In Jesus' name. That's what we need in our life. It says, when they heard this, they were infuriated and determined to murder them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a noted religious professor who was highly respected at all by all, stood up. He gave orders to send the apostles outside. Then he said to the council, Men of Israel, you need to be very careful about how you deal with these men. Some time ago, there was a man named Theodos who rose up claiming to be somebody. Oh, there's a lot of that going on, isn't there? People claiming to be somebody. This is a word for today. You'll have a lot of people running around claiming to be someone. What do you do? I'm going to show you what to do. This is exactly how you handle people that think they're big time. People that think they're really important. People that lust for notoriety and fame and all these other things. People that are trying to, quote, be somebody. Here's how you handle this, okay? God's was, he said, he had a following of about 400 men, but when he was killed, all of his followers were scattered and nothing came of it. After him, in the days of the census, another man rose up, Judas the Galilean, who got people to follow him in a revolt. He too perished, and those who were followed him were scattered. So in this situation, you should just leave these men to themselves. For if this plan or undertaking originates with men, it will fade away and come to nothing. But if this movement is of, is of God, you won't be able to stop it, and you might discover that you were fighting God all along. Wow. Here's the lesson. Time reveals all things if someone has the wrong motives for what they're doing it'll be exposed if time give things time here's the deal if God is really working you'll never be able to stop it my advice is don't speak poorly about people don't gossip about people don't say negative things about people you focus on what God's called you to do. Ask him to help you do it every single day and he'll give you the strength and he'll give you the power to do it. If people are claiming to be somebody, say, yo, bro, that's between you and God. Go do your thing and time will tell. God will either be with that person and if not, you'll have the dignity to say, I never spoke a word against that. I prayed for them and I blessed them and they were successful for God. And if not, don't gloat when people fail either. That's ungodly too. Gloating for people's failure is also ungodly and wrong. So we're to keep quiet and pray, just like Gamaliel instructs us. Gamaliel's words convinced the council, verse 39, so they brought, verse 40, so they brought the apostles back and had them severely beaten. They ordered them again to never to speak in the name of Jesus and then let them go. So this is like the third time that they've asked 
than not to speak? Isn't it ironic that earlier in Peter's life he had denied Jesus three times? Now he gets told three times not to preach about Jesus. Well, Peter had learned this lesson earlier in life. How many times in my life have I learned a lesson and then later on the same test came? You see, all of life is practice for the next test that's coming up. And God wants us to pass those tests. We've got to be faithful to him to do what he's asking us to do. And then look at verse 41. It says, The apostles left there rejoicing, thrilled that God had considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus, and nothing stopped them. You see, you come to the point in your life where the most important thing in life is to do God's work God's way, to do His will, to spread His message, uh, to live for Him. That's what life is all about. That's why we're here. They figured it out. And then once they figured it out, they said, look, if God sent us here to speak to these people, then you know what? I'm thankful that God counted me worthy to be persecuted. And, and, and that God would put me in a position where I could handle the heat. Not everyone can handle the heat. My friend, if you find yourself in the heat, if you find yourself in the furnace, God is with you. He is going to help you. He's going to give you the strength to make it. Look at, verse 42, look at verse 42, and nothing stopped them. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts and went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus, God's anointed one. Why did they do this? Because this is what God had them doing. This was God's plan and will for their life. May we be filled with the Spirit and go preach Jesus to the people that God puts in our lives. Well, we preach with our words, we preach with our actions, we preach with our spirit, we preach with our attitude, we, pre we preach with how we treat people. Let us be kind, let us be bold, let us be courageous. Man, I'm glad you tuned in for Bible on the Beach today. I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope it bless you. If you got something out of this today, you can tell somebody else that they can tune in. I'll put this out Monday through Friday as an encouragement to people, help them grow in their relationship with God. Um, and uh, if God's put on your heart to give, to Bible on the Beach, Ocean Water, help us make disciples, help us multiply churches. Um, then there's a little uh, Bitcoin address there. You can send us out. We'll take it. We'll bless it. We'll multiply it. We'll use it for God. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining Bible on the Beach.